Hi everybody! This is a series about gender and sexuality in music education. Since our language surrounding these topics is ever-evolving, please note that terms used in this podcast may not match what is most current at the time of your listening. I also recognize that we may not all agree on how to handle these sensitive topics and situations, but I encourage you to listen with open minds and open hearts. Enjoy the show. everybody. This is Music Education, Genderally Speaking, and I'm your host, Stephanie Gregory. Today, I have a conversation about gender instrument stereotypes with Keith Kelsey, who is an elementary instrumental music educator in Baltimore, Maryland, and also plays the flute for the Baltimore Ravens marching band. Enjoy. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and telling the listeners a little bit about what you do. Okay. Uh, my name is Keith Kelsey. Um, I'm a graduate of Western Michigan University. I graduated in 2015 with a bachelor's in music education instrumental. Um, and I found myself moving to Baltimore, Maryland. I was recruited uh, for Baltimore County Public Schools. Um, and I now teach um, instrumental uh, elementary music education, third through fifth grade. And this is going on my sixth year already. Wow, six years? That's Six crazy. Years, yeah. Already. <laughs> I mean, I think about it. Yeah. Like I taught, you know, five and a half years before I went to Northwestern. So that makes sense. Right. But, <laughs> um, and what, what is your primary instrument? Uh, my primary instrument is flute. Awesome. Yeah. And so when you like, you know, going back and back and back to before when you were in primary school music, um, how did you choose your instrument and, and what influenced that decision? Right. Um, it's kind of funny. So I actually originally started playing clarinet. Okay. The reason why I chose clarinet was because all of my friends chose clarinet. And we all chose clarinet because if you remember, fifth grade, um, are you an 08 graduate of high yeah. school? Okay. So when we were in fifth grade, um, that's when SpongeBob first premiered. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> School to play the clarinet when we that's what we knew about at the time the clarinet so we all chose clarinet and that's how I started off with clarinet I eventually switched to flute in middle school okay and what what made you switch to the flute um honestly what made me switch um it's like in middle school the way the band literature is written um you always hear like the flutes always had the melody they always had the fun parts I was always jealous of that and then I remember uh, my grandfather had a flute um, in his home. It used to be my aunt's flute when she was younger. And I took it and saw myself how to play it. And then I switched. So long story short, it was just I was envious of in middle school band with their melodies and things like that. Envious of the melodies. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that also sounds like, I mean, I come from like more of the voice realm. I started in instrumental music, um, okay. playing, playing the trumpet. And um you know, it sounds, going into the vocal realm sounds like a very soprano thing. Like, I'm going right, to take right, the melody, yeah. I'm going to, you know, sing the melody. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, in my graduate studies, I've been looking a lot at gender and music education and how mm -hmm. 
you know, even in the instrumental field, we see a lot of stereotyping that happens with specific instruments. And I'm right. wondering, you know, in, in much of the research that's been done, there hasn't been a ton, but in some of the research that's been done, it's, you know, the flute and the clarinet and these upper woodwind instruments are seen as a lot of times a female instrument. And so I'm just wondering if you throughout your years playing the clarinet and flute have faced any, you know, discrimination based on gender in, mm -hmm. in, in regards to these kinds of stereotypes. I did, yes. Um, so starting off, when I switched to flute on the middle school, there was one more other guy that played the flute. Um, and the kids, band kids, we, no one ever talked about it. They didn't care. I mean, my band did meet out like, oh, you're, you know, only boy flute player, there's a lot, you know, but she never, it wasn't anything bad. It was just something we noticed. Um, and when I, it really kind of got to me when I got to middle school, um, there were, you know, guys, I remember in my math class, guys were picking on me because I played a girl instrument. Um, thinking back now, it shouldn't have bothered me because they were both seniors in a freshman math class. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I only faced discrimination with that from people or from students that were not in band. Mm. It's funny, all the students in band, they didn't care, you know, but the ones outside of band, um, that's, you know, how they perceived it. They used to bother me about that. And I actually was at um, my, I think junior year of high school, someone from the University of Michigan was doing, there's kind of like what you're doing right now. And he came, he asked area schools, do you guys have any male flute players? And obviously my school had one and he came, interviewed me for like three days. Um, and he had he was he was really insightful with everything that he asked. Um, and I just remember um, the root of what we got to. Um, like I said, the students that were not in band were the ones who made a big deal about it. Hmm. And you know, we're both talking and thinking, you know, what's causing them to think that? Because the band kids don't care, the ones outside of it. And we're you know, obviously there's something in society that's making them perceive that. And um, when you look at movies, like the big movies back then was like American Pie and the jokes they had with that. Um, that's, you know, where the root of their jokes came from. Um, but it's just the way society perceives, you know, gender and what instruments you play, one not in band. They just see mm -hmm. things differently, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has anything to do, and this is just a, a personal wonderment of mine, of like the, the people that aren't in in band making these jokes i wonder if it's because they want to be in band and you know some outside influence is telling them they're not allowed to do something like music which mm -hmm. even music in general is sometimes perceived as feminine and right and yeah tried, you know as a music industry i feel like we've tried to move it away from from that and create kind of a more masculine culture but i wonder mm -hmm. if if that teasing you know we always talk about bullying is coming from a place of insecurity so i wonder if that has anything right. to do with it too mm, i'm sure that i mean i'm sure that's part of it i think the big thing is just just not from a society perspective just men are involved with ballet with dancing they receive the same you know issues that they're trying to combat um we're trying to um uplift the fact that men are they can dance men are dancers it's not has nothing to do with your sexuality it's just an art form you know, we're trying to dismantle this idea that art forms are feminine, you know, mm -hmm. from generations, you know, before is how things have been perceived. It's just, I think it's because it's been a lack of representation. So it's just a matter of now trying to dismantle that. You do that with
Sorry, can you repeat that? You you cut out a little bit. You do that with what? I'm sorry. That's okay. So you do that with uh, representation, providing mm -hmm. representation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to a point that you just made about it not being about sexuality. And I think mm -hmm. especially, you know, what I'm kind of trying to go for in this podcast is to even, you know, educate us as a society about the differences between gender and sexuality and that there right. are so many, we conflate those two terms. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that's, you bring that up and I, I love that because there is this difference between male and female and non-binary and trans and then, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual. It's, it's two very different pathways and mm -hmm. I think they can often be conflated. At the end of the day, I just think that like, of course, anything else, it's not going to change overnight. But as we work towards providing, you know, quality and diverse representation, all these things will kind of, you know, deter away. And as we have these conversations, because these are still newer conversations that we need to have. So I'm hopeful that over time, things will get, get better in that world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you see this dynamic of, you know, the instrumental stereotypes happening in your own classroom or in I, I should rephrase that when kids walk into your classroom before they've had your class do you see these stereotypes play out when they're choosing instruments um not so much from the kids um and it's hard for me to speak on that because I'm still a little bit new in, mm -hmm. in the profession so I can't you know I don't have much time to you know comments on that but so far I have not seen much from that um, I will say you know recently um, if I do see it it's more so from the parents mm -hmm. um, like I had a young guy on my my favorite we all have favorites it's okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite students you know he he was in fifth grade this year he finally he was so excited to finally join band um, and me and the student had a great relationship you know as I play the flute so you know um, and his mom, um, she, you know, she was trying to tell him to play a different instrument because, you know, like, it's flute's a girl instrument. You don't want to do that. I don't want anyone to pick on you. I mean, mom, she, she, a good place with it. Um, but her thing, you know, I don't want anyone to pick on you. You know, it's usually a girl instrument. A lot of girls play that instrument. Um, but he didn't care. He's like, I'm still going to play. I don't care. I want to play the flute. So he didn't, the kid didn't care, but that's just, you know, proving the point. It's just, you know, older generations, they they just have this mindset. And again, I don't think the mom came from a bad place. It's just the stereotypes that she knows. She's, she's trying to protect her child, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I made an effort, you know, when we're doing recruitment um, early in the fall. Like, I, I usually do videos. Um, and I made sure when I'm showing examples of musicians, I'm making sure they're diverse. White musicians, Black musicians, I'm showing male flutists, I'm showing male low brass players, percussionists, um, just so they know like you, you don't, you're not limited to what you play just because of your identity or your parents, you know? So I, I make a big deal about that and it, and it kind of, it helps. Like I've had um, my percussion kids, I had eight, eight of them, only two of them were boys. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I had one little girl playing tuba, trombone, we just, we got to break the cycle. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you, did you say you create these videos or you find them? I made them. So um, I'm, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the Ravens band, the Ravens marching band. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I asked a lot of them to volunteer to be in a video, um, a clinical recruitment video. And again, I was strategic with, because a lot of people wanted to do it and to help out, but I told, you know, I'm not going to pick everybody because I was really strategic with in the video. Like I said, I wanted diverse representations. Um, I purposely chose, you know, female trombone players to show that. Um, even young players, I showed older players. You know, we have them in a band that are like in their late 40s or 50s, you know, because I want to show the kids that this is something you can lifetime, you know, so. That's such an important point. And I, you know, this is off topic a little bit, but community <laughs> music in general, I mean, yes. you have, you're so fortunate to have access to something like the Baltimore Ravens marching yeah. band. And, um, you know, we, we seek opportunities for our kids to be lifelong learners and continue in it. And, mm -hmm. and that's so great that they're seeing adult representation. Um, yeah. and, and do they also see kid representation at all in the videos? Um, in the recruitment video, no, um, which I do want to incorporate that somehow. Um, I'm thinking of doing what well, I can't do now because they're not in school, but in the future, I would love to have, you know, those, all the current fifth graders, you know, as they're wrapping up their school year, their first year in band, you know, make videos to help recruit the current fourth graders to join band next year, you know, because that's another voice that's important. So it works too. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so cool. I was yeah. going to say moving forward, you know, how, how do we see the field of instrumental music ad addressing these, but I think you're doing it. I think <laughs> that, that whole representation bit is so, and, and not just representation of gender, but, you know, intersectional, you know, relationships between yeah. race and, and gender and socioeconomic level. And especially in instrumental ed, we see this big gap because you have to pay for the instrument exactly yeah. and so we see a socioeconomic gap and so i think it's it's just great that you're giving them representation mm -hmm. yeah is there so, anything else that you th that you think could break these barriers of gender in instrumental music ed um i mean even something so where the big word for me is representation even go as far as showing you know as they get older show representation of female conductors um, or LGBT conductors. They're out there, they exist. Show representation with female composers, black composers. And this goes on, but those are the main things that I think of. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so when you're choosing your rep, are you, I, I mean, I'm sure because you're speaking on it that you're conscientious of it, but especially for, you know, this beginning band and, mm -hmm. and the, you know, what I kind of perceive as sometimes a lack of subs of substance in repertoire because they're just learning the instrument. How yeah. do you kind of navigate choosing rep? I don't do too much with repertoire because, you know, they're beginners. Um, mm -hmm. It's not yet. Um, but with that approach, because there's not much out there. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> right. There's not much out there for younger musicians. Um, usually with that, the way I approach it, I just try to, um, there is good repertoire out there that showcases different cultures. Even if you're just playing like a simple folk tune that opens the doors up to many conversations about that specific folk tune, that culture, where does it come from about, you know? So, um, that's, you know, if I ever, you know, if I get there with beginners, that's definitely how I, but right now it's not something I do too much. It's all just foundational skills. Sure. Sure. Cool. Um, 
And now I'm going to backtrack a little bit to your classroom specifically. And mm -hmm. do you do you talk about these things it, like directly with your students during class, not just during um, recruiting season? Um, but do you have any conversations about these kind of stereotypes within your class? Not like so. Yes, at, definitely at the beginning with the recruitment season. Or during the school year, not too much because it just doesn't, nothing ever comes up to where I need to bring it up. Because like I said, the kids don't care. <laughs> they they literally don't care. It's mostly, you know, the adults. Like the situation with the child, he like he had an issue for a while with um, his mom let him play flute. But I do show them like, I'm always showing examples of professional players. And I do make it a statement to show, show like a diverse range of uh, performers. Um, I don't really talk about it. I just kind of show it. I just want them to see it. Mm. Um, that's actually, you know, maybe that's something I should, you know, highlight to, you know, make awareness of it. I just figure like if they see it, it'll subconsciously, subconsciously, you know, frame like, hey, it's not just white people that play. There, There's a lot of, you know, things that's wrong that cause us to form these biases and all these things. It, it's overwhelming to think about and talk about, but you know, you start, you know, you do a little bit at a time mm -hmm. to correct those things. Well, and I think, again, you're, you're capitalizing on that intersection of race and gender by showing representation to your students. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think like moving forward, that's a supreme example of what we can do in the classroom. Exactly. Um, but what would you say, is there any, other advice that you have for new teachers? I know you're, you're, you're still new to the field, but mm -hmm. do you have any advice for like first year, second year teachers, or even teachers who have been teaching for 30 years and haven't considered gender stereotypes in their mm -hmm. curriculum? My advice is, you know, as we're, everyone's with this journey of anti-racism, things like that, um, go at your own pace. Don't take too much in at once. Um, everyone's on a different path, different journey. But my main thing is just to make sure your kids are seen in your classroom. Mm. Make sure they can see themselves and make sure they see others that they, 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 that they don't see in the world. They should be aware of who they share this planet with, you know, and just be authentic with your approach. Um, because kids, they can see if you're being fake, you know, take the time to learn, to unlearn, you know, the biases that you have and just be authentic with your delivery. And it just, it just takes time, that's all. And it's, see, you know, it is an urgent, there is urgency, of course, but you're right, it's not mm -hmm. gonna happen overnight. And, and it's these kind of smaller incremental steps that, that can make the biggest change, I think. Absolutely. Well, I mean, do you have anything else that I didn't touch on that you wanna talk about? I mean, I think I covered at least my feelings, my main points with it. It's just, um, again, I, again, I can, I will always talk about this or promote this. It's just, I think the biggest thing is just representation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the big topic that you're bringing up is with gender and instruments. Just again, just representation. And just take the time, you know, to research. There's many resources out there that you can find, you know, instrumentalists of color or different genders and things like that. So just take time to research it and make the effort to, to present it to your students in a meaningful and authentic way. Mm -hmm. 
that that actually brings up another question for me. Sorry, yeah. I was I was going to <laughs> be fine. done, and now I'm thinking, you know, as specifically a, a male teacher in elementary school, that in and of itself is a, a rarity. Um, and then to be a a black man in the elementary classroom, and I'm just wondering, have you run into any discrimination in that way? Um, more so of a celebratory thing, mm. if that makes sense. Like, you know, it's my, like, it's, uh, it's always celebrated when you see a male teacher in Illinois, because it's so rare. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's never, I've never experienced any type of discrimination. It's more so like, yes, thank you. Really glad you're here. <laughs> Something like that, you know. Right. Noticing <laughs> that there is now representation. So that's. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, Keith, thanks for talking today. And I can't wait till the next time we can chat. Music Education, Genderly Speaking, is produced by me, Stephanie Gregory, with music by the Nishone Holloway Band. For more information about the podcast and our guests, visit stephaniegregory.com and click on the Music Education, Genderly Speaking podcast icon, or find us on Instagram, at Meg's Podcast. We hope you'll continue these important conversations within your own communities. Be well. Tonight I'll close my eyes And I'll view all the out from inside Won't judge, rehearse or divide I'll relax to detach and decide To try to be all